Hey guys, welcome to the Living and Collective podcast, where we are inspiring and equipping women into living their full lives while working together as the collective. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. Yes gorgeous Wednesday. We're so glad you guys are here with us today. Yes, fall is in the air here. We had our first cool front down in Austin last night and we are loving life today. Windows open, cool breeze. Lacey and I just worked out in the garage. We're a little sweaty, but like in a good way, not like the typical summer sweat that we've been experiencing for the last nine months. really good. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I personally have been super excited slash a little bit nervous about today's podcast. Um, We've been wanting to do this for a while, and then we got feedback from you guys um, to do a podcast regarding alcohol. Um, I remember a while ago we talked about, oh, do we have enough, you know, to talk about on a podcast for alcohol? And Chris and I ended up having a 30-minute conversation. (laughs) I was like, we could have just recorded that right there. Um, And it's a really big topic. Um, Health-wise, culture-wise, there's just a lot going on with alcohol these days. There is, and you look at back at the seasons of your life. You know, you've got the, you know, young adult season where alcohol plays a certain role. You know, and then you've got your, you know, you're growing up, you're out of college, first job, kind of more career, early career, and has a different role. And then you get into this stage that we're in more so, um, where your parents, you have young children, you're living in a lot of, you know, you can be urban or suburban, but usually a lot of communities where there are also a lot of other young families. So we're living life together and we're just kind of seeing some of these commonalities, like these common threads in our lives that no one's really talking about. We're not really being um, open and honest about, and sometimes they're a little bit uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. So um, just kind of taking the taboo off of talking about alcohol and right. um, being honest with ourselves. Yes, we're going to be real honest today. Um, this definitely comes up with us all the time, first and foremost, just through our nutrition coaching. Um, nutrition will definitely derail your plan for many reasons, above and beyond the calories and the alcohol, you losing your inhibitions and you know, going off your desired eating, how you're feeling. Um, I think we're missing a big point in life about the actual um, negative health risks that it puts us on. We all just think, oh, we're just relaxing, we're doing this. Um, When we were talking about it before, we can first and foremost talk about how our society has just normalized drinking, especially wine. We'll hit all the moms out there. Um, there is zero judgment coming from either of us today. I want yeah. to start with that because I've been there. I'm in a, I'm in a different phase now. My kids are a little bit older, but I definitely experienced this when my kids were younger. So I feel like I can speak honestly about it, but now stepping back and looking at it, it's, it's frightening. And for those of you who don't know us personally, it is just literally in our DNA. Like we aren't we truly love women. Like from the bottom of our hearts, we want what's best for women. Mm-hmm. So like if you could just know us, like our friends know us and you know that we are not judgmental women. Like we are here. We are like cheering for you. We're on your side. If we're coaching you, like we don't care. You can be as honest as you want to be about what you eat or how you live your life. Like we're on your team and we are never judging you. So just so for those of you who don't know us, just know that like all of this comes from a heart of love and like 
wanting you to be better, wanting you to experience life to the fullest. And again, like like every podcast we ever say, like we're in the trenches with you. We are women with you. We are stressed out sometimes. We are overwhelmed sometimes. We don't want to feel sometimes. We feel too much sometimes. Like we are not experts by any means. No, we have all the exact same emotions and feelings that you guys do. And um, especially with our clients and this alcohol issue, we just you know, we hear what they're saying and then we're like, oh my gosh, we just want you guys to feel so much better. And we see this big roadblock and sometimes they're not seeing it themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of my favorite parts of our program that you can just do yourself, but what I love doing is the first two weeks of our program, we have women do a brief reset where they completely eliminate alcohol. And it's just so telling because I think sometimes it is so normalized in our society that it's five o'clock somewhere. It's been a really hard day. That's what we turn to. Like we deserve it. We've worked really hard. I can't face the rest of the evening if I don't have a drink. Just kind of all these messages that we're getting that aren't necessarily true. Have you worked really hard all day? You have. Mm -hmm. Do you deserve something that's good for you? Absolutely. Is that always the, the best option to get you through the rest of your night? There's a really good chance it's not. And that there's a really good chance that some of those messages are coming from the very people that are profiting from you believing that that's the best thing for you to do every day at five o'clock when really the way that your body works, the way that you're going to feel your best for the rest of the evening might not be to drink something that's going to dehydrate you, make you feel tired, make your sleep not as restful during right. the night, mess with your hormones, mess with your metabolism. Oh, absolutely. I always tell people, I'm like, you will never wake up the next day and be like, oh, I wish I had drank more. Or I wish I had drank, even if you was staying. I challenge people, I think, especially if you're in a social situation, if you can get past that first round of drinks being ordered, if you're going out to dinner, if you know everyone's got their first drinks, you didn't order a drink, you're in. You got it. You're, and I see it time and time again. People are like, oh, I just made it past that first drink and it was fine. Um, back to your point, and we talked about this from the get-go, our society, especially women, are being heavily marketed for our wine culture. It is not a secret. It is very much out there. You can Google mommy wine and everything. They are heavily hitting wine, making us feel like it's okay because it's not a hard alcohol drink. It's not a vodka. It's not a tequila shot. There is no difference. But we, as our culture, have normalized it. Well, that's just what we do. That's what moms do. And it's turned into day drinking. It's turned into all day drinking. Um, it's, I mean, it's scary, and I talk to you about it all the time. I personally see it, struggle with it, um, with friends, and I, I don't know. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's funny things. You know, we see it on the T-shirts. We see it on the mugs. We see it about, you know, champagne in your sippy cup, and it's like, it's funny until you take a step back to realize, like, maybe it's not funny. Like, maybe it's not funny. Maybe we are more able and capable than we realize. Maybe we don't need to anesthetize ourselves. Mm -hmm. Maybe we don't need help getting through the night. And that's why sometimes taking that step back, because we all know there are good habits and bad habits. And just like it takes 30 days to develop a good habit, let's say exercising or brushing your teeth every night or whatever your habit is you wanna to try to do. Yeah. It's gonna take 
30 consistent days. They've scientifically proven that. So you think about how your drinking habits look. If it's something that you just reach for at five o'clock, more than likely it's a habit and it's gonna hurt to take a step back. And that's all we're asking you to do is take a step back where it's not something that you just mindlessly do, where you give yourself the space to ask yourself why. Why am I pouring a glass of wine right now? Why am I making myself a drink right now? And again, we're not judging, but we know that you are smart enough as a woman to stop and say, am I overwhelmed? Do I, am I feeling empty? Do I need to call a friend right now? Because alcohol isn't really going to make me feel less lonely. It's not going to give me more energy. Right. What's my true reason? And if it's to socialize with your friends and have a drink and relax, there is nothing wrong with doing that every now and again. Mm-hmm. Like we are, we completely advocate relaxing and enjoying within a healthy lifestyle. But the problem is we've sort of turned off our thinking so that it just becomes part of what we do. Like it's just like we don't even think about it anymore oh, totally. as women. It's, it's absolutely habit. It's out of boredom. It's something to do. It's like, well, I mean, every mom side out book club pto meeting it every single thing is there alcohol going to be there what are we going to drink what are we going to do and it's almost become this um just culture where it's accepted in everything and expected which is crazy but it happens um and i don't know thinking about thinking about how to pull that out and to not medicate yourself through drinking and every, everyone's like, oh, I'm fine. I just enjoy it. I relax. I relax. If you're super honest with yourself, there is usually a reason. Now, that being said, and I've been much more intentional and maybe we should just say that, like we challenge you guys to be much more intentional about your drinking. If you want to drink, absolutely have a drink, but ask yourself those questions. I, my new rule of thumb is um, like if it's Friday night and it's the end of a long week and I'm with my family, we're out to dinner can I have a glass of wine? Can I have a tequila on the rocks? Yes, because I can kind of numb out and just totally let myself relax. I know that if it's four o'clock during the week, five o'clock, husband traveling, kids are home, me thinking that's going to relieve stress, it's actually going to create more stress because you're, you're avoiding what you really need to do. And then you're going to wake up, you're not going to feel good, and oh, you didn't do that thing you needed to do because you chose alcohol instead. It's just this like snowball effect of negativity. And it is. I mean, it goes way back. Alcohol is a depressant, period. It is not a stimulant. It is not going to make you feel good in the moment. Yes, it numbs you out. I've been there. I've been, and I was telling Christy, I've been in phases of my life. I don't feel good about myself. And then I have a drink, and I'm like, oh, I don't feel so bad. And i just thinking, like, oh, I get to that place, and I feel fine. And it's it's not a solution. You are literally numbing a symptom, and you're not solving the problem of what you're unhappy about. Absolutely. I think that's part of the hugest root to all of it, is that I think our culture, in a lot of ways, has told us as women to maybe that we, we kind of made us believe that we don't have dreams anymore. We don't have a deeper Mm -hmm. um, amount. Like all of our friends in the community that we live in, I can't think of a single woman I know that isn't just like astonishing in her talents, her education, her career, whether it's present or past. Like we live with so many phenomenal women. But I think that sometimes in the habit of you know, having kids, getting married, especially when you move out to the suburbs or you're living in a community with a lot of families, you just kind of lose yourself in the running around and schlepping your kids to sports and like, 
who am I anymore? Mm-hmm. And something that um, drinking does is it kind of keeps us from asking that question. Like, who am I? What lights me up? What keeps mm-hmm. me alive? Because you are more than getting a buzz in the afternoon. You just are. Like, you are capable of so much. All those dreams you had in college, in your 20s, they're all still part of who you are. Like, they're whether it's, even if it's recreational, even if it's just, like, athletics or reading or learning or going and getting another degree, like, whatever, you are so capable. And a lot of times what alcohol does is gets us in this cycle where we're just, like, we just become kind of content with, being numb mm-hmm. and not being fully alive, you know? Yeah. No, it definitely does. Um, I keep thinking too, I'm going to hop like to another train for yeah. a quick second. I'm like all over the place with my thoughts today. Love it. Uh, maybe it was the workout. Um, no, I um, want to go back to kind of how alcohol is so prevalent these days and I'm going to equate it to smoking. We mm-hmm. used to smoke all the time people smoked around their kids everyone did it i think it's i call it like a group theory um and i think we're stuck in that right now with alcohol i think it's just it is a connection to people Mm -hmm. it's a false connection Mm -hmm. to people i should say um it's something to do together um i challenge you guys to like go be active together go do get nails done together go do something else other than drinking together um but now that it's become everywhere, kind of like how smoking was, and now, of course, smoking is it's been proven so bad for you, and I actually predict the same thing's going to happen with alcohol. We're going to go through the same cycle, and I don't think our kids are going to be the same drinkers that we are the, these days. And I actually, the other day, I'm all over the place, um, was talking to a friend. I want to argue that like in your 30s and 40s, you almost might drink more than when you're in your 20s. I've heard that. Right? Because, yes, yes, in your 20s, you would go out on the weekends and probably, like, binge drink a little bit more. But you're working during the week. You're busy. And you can't afford to, like, Mm -hmm. feel awful the next day. And you're starting your career and getting in the grind. Where now it's kind of all day, every day, weekend, Sunday, fun day. It's just part of the culture. Um, And just to drive on, like, a little more sensitive topic, we're really exposing our kids to us being anesthetized, too. And they can see it. And we are teaching them that, yes, it is legal. You are older than 21. You can have a drink. But I think by women making it so prevalent around their kids all the time, they're showing them, oh, I don't have a problem. It's okay. It's this. It's everywhere. Um, Where we think of, you know, alcoholism or alcoholics like, oh, you're hiding your vodka in the underwear drawer. You're Mm -hmm. sneaking it. But if I just make it out in the open, if I'm doing it in front of everyone, I don't have a problem. I'm very open about it. I drink wine from 5 to 10 every night. You know, it's it's totally. losing kind of its impact because we're making it just that's what we do. Totally. And I felt so sober lately. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> I was just kidding. Oh. No pun intended. <laughs> about my phone. You know, I've heard that like, you know, how your kids now is elementary school kids. See, you and your phone habits – you know, when they're in middle school, how am I going to tell them, hey, get off your phone and spend time with me. I want to talk to you, right? If all I've modeled to them as toddlers through elementary school is mom looking down, scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, Mm -hmm. same thing. Like, how do I, how am I going to earn the right to be heard when my high school kids are driving? And if I'm, if I'm the kind of parent who has been drinking and I drive my kids home, like, I want to think now of earning the right to be heard when they're in high school, that they've seen me 
model the kind of behavior and this isn't to judge you guys but just like we want to be thinking now if we have little kids like they are watching us and like what are we telling them and we had an awesome conversation with a friend of ours who's an adult kid I guess you would say oh so impactful so impactful so he was just talking about like wanting to connect with his mom and how hard it is when he comes over to her house he's an adult now Mm -hmm. but that like oftentimes she's a few drinks in and he just wants to have a conversation and connect with her and it's difficult to do that yeah he was like he goes she's already gone like she's in her little la la land and I mean that totally hit home for me I was like oh because how many times do we we do we do do that? And you you made another point um, that we shouldn't get past is the drinking and driving. And we all know we are all adults that drinking and driving's bad. It's been ingrained in us. We don't do it yet. Yes, we do do it. Yes, all the moms that are drinking at lunch, you're driving, and you're not only putting yourself, your kids in danger. You're putting all of us in danger too. Absolutely, that's a very huge health topic and I think it's another one of those things where when it's justified in a community you know it's just kind of like haha you know or we're all we're just driving in the neighborhood or whatever where that's where the majority of of accidents happen or within like a very small mile radius of your home and just we're talking I mean it can be very tragic we're not it's not funny it's not it's like we love y'all like in in just yeah. as a community, like how can we kind of change that perception? And I think one of the ways that we're marketed to as women is that um, it's so rebellious. Like it's so rebellious to be a mom who drinks. Like it's so rebellious. Yes, I love this. Right? Part. And I, I, this is not for me. Like and edgy. I, Remember? It's so, like, yes, edgy. so edgy. And I saw and loved. It totally fired me up. That like it's not like participating in a billion dollar industry that someone's making a lot of money off of you when you drink is not rebellious or edgy. What's rebellious or edgy is you deciding you're going to fully engage in life and not drink. You don't need alcohol to survive. Being rebellious is doing something other people aren't doing. So you day drinking and having, you know, rosé all day, that is not rebellious or edgy. You are conforming to the social norm. You're doing exactly what they want. They, meaning, I mean, there is a profit. 100%. Major profit in the alcohol industry. Major. Um, Let's talk about physiologically. Like, how does alcohol affect your body? So I know a lot of you that are listening to us, you know, you're trying to implement some healthy habits in your life. You might have some fitness goals. You might be doing macros and really trying to dial in your nutrition. Um, How does alcohol affect some of those parameters? Yeah, so fitness-wise, you think about um, you're going to be immediately dehydrated, which will severely affect your performance. Um, And do you want to do that the day before you're getting up to work out? I think a lot of people probably skip workouts because they are hungover. Mm -hmm. Um, You're dehydrated. You create more inflammation in your body, which working out creates inflammation. So you're just going to have this, like, continual inflamed body, which we know is not good for us. Um, And you're not going to be able to recover as fast from your workouts, from from your hangover also, right? Absolutely. Um, sleep, we all know. I mean, I, I have not met a mom that's like, oh my gosh, I sleep so good on wine. Yes. Do you fall asleep really fast? You probably sure do. But you don't get into that deep rim sleep. So you wake up feeling like you didn't even sleep. And a lot of that hangover feeling, honestly, is lack of sleep even more than the alcohol sometimes, right? 
Absolutely. In fact, um, I just had a doctor's appointment before I went on vacation a few weeks ago. And my doctor is more of like a functional, um, holistic doctor. She's so awesome. And she told me like, I know you're going on vacation. I want you to have a great time. If you want to have a drink here and there, do it one drink earlier in the day. Don't do it in the evening because I want you to really rest because I came in to see her because I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. I was not sleeping well in the evenings. And so I've told Lacey before, like, um, a way that I'll think about it is like, is this a night where I can afford to know that I'm not going to get as deep of a right. sleep if I'm going to have a drink? Yeah. Like, you know, it's just that there's trade-offs. There are trade-offs. There are trade-offs Absolutely. in life. And sometimes it's worth it. If you're celebrating your friend, you know, you don't need to have six drinks, but you can have a drink with them and celebrate. Yeah. You don't, if, if you don't have a, an addiction or a medical reason, like we're not saying you have to be Oh my gosh, dry. please tell them what the nurse practitioner said at the other day when you were running out. <laughs> Y'all. So I was at the, a different doc, at my allergist and Sweet nurse came running after me and said, oh, for insurance purposes, I forgot. I need to talk to you um, about drinking. I just need to make sure to tell you that you can't, like, not to drink more than six drinks a day. And I was just like, what? I mean, sorry, what? <laughs> a day? Six? Wow. So I don't know. I mean, if we're just, like, really out of touch. But, I mean, I think, you know, we were talking about that, just how what she see, like, we kind of, I, I laughed and chuckled, and then we kind of actually talked about how it really is a problem in our community and that that is something that insurance companies, I mean, alcoholism is very prevalent and it might not look like what it used to look like. It might not look like hiding a vodka bottle in your underwear drawer. It might look like more of a functioning alcoholic where, you know, you, and maybe you're, maybe it's not alcoholism, but maybe it is alcohol abuse. You have an alcohol, yeah, alcohol abuse. That's a great way to say it. Um, and I do think that's everywhere. I think we see that everywhere. And I think people are like, well, she's not falling down drunk. Well, she's she's functioning. We're making excuses for everyone because we're all doing it. So if everyone's doing it, it's not a problem. Absolutely. And our like whether we're talking about nutrition or alcohol or working out, our desire for you is for you to have your best life ever. Mm -hmm. So like, we're never shaming, like, oh my gosh, don't eat potato chips because that's so unhealthy. Or, oh my right. gosh, don't ever have ice cream. But we're like, how is that working for you? Like, how do you feel after you down a bag of potato chips? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you feel after you eat a whole carton of ice cream? Like, do you feel empowered? Do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel energized? Do you feel confident? Like, how is that working for you? So it's not like you never should eat chips or you never should um, but like with alcohol, can you have a real conversation with yourself? Because we truly desire for you to have your best life ever. Mm -hmm. How is it working for you? Yeah. How is, is alcohol empowering you? Is it allowing you to live your best life? Are you sleeping well? How is your energy? How are your moods? How are your relationships? Are you having real conversations with your girlfriends? Or are they always fueled by a little bit of a buzz? Like, right. are you being transparent with someone? Right. Like. And as humans, like we need that connection to people, and um, and I've been there, like the alcohol connection, where you realize, like, oh, we just drink together, like that, and that's super fun, and it's a great thing to do, but like, it it's not real, it's not deep, it you don't have that like deep connection that we desire to have, you know. Um, I'm gonna go like hop back on to the physiology side I for love a second. It. So talking about weight gain, mm -hmm. um, this is a big one. Obviously the calories in the alcohol, there's extra calories in the, all of the additives. A margarita, for example, which is delicious. But I mean, that's, as women, we naturally underestimate what we're intaking anyway. And then on top of it, we really don't take into account what we're drinking. That's just like empty calories. Or if you're drinking a bottle of wine, 
you're packing on 800 calories a day. And I think, you know, we have a lot of friends that a bottle of wine a day is, is fine. Um, if you think about that in terms of like a week, I like to kind of like blow it out. Like mm -hmm. if you have three drinks a day or even two drinks a day, that's, do you, do you say to yourself, oh, I drink 14 to 21 drinks a week? When you say it like that, it's shocking. Yeah. You know, and we all underestimate alcohol mm -hmm. consumption too. Think about how many times you've gone to the doctor and they're like, do you drink? And you're like, yes. Are you ever honest with them? And everyone's like, oh, just like two to three drinks a week. No one's like, I'm drinking a bottle of wine a day. Absolutely And not. if you are, more power to you for being right. honest. I love it. And that's good. Like, you should be honest with yourself and your yeah. doctor. Um but drinking, it makes that hunger hormone, it suppresses your hunger hormone, so you're naturally gonna be hungrier. We've all been there, drinking. Oh my gosh, I'm suddenly starving for nachos and pizza. And um, on top of it, you lose those inhibitions because you are drinking, so you feel like, it's totally okay, I'm invincible, I can do anything. And then you're gonna wake up, you're gonna feel awful, which often is fueled by the next day. You're eat no one's ever like, I'm gonna make a healthy omelet this morning and eat a salad for lunch or you know no one you're like I need a cheeseburger and I need a coke and like help me I feel awful so then you have two days of really kind of like awful eating patterns you're just not gonna feel good um, on top of it our you know our liver is a vital organ it helps like break down and fuel all of our body fat and anything we're storage right like food I mean all of our um, carbs and fat go to storage. So our liver is using that to process and give us the energy. As soon as you start drinking, it's like a toxin in your body. Your liver's like, oh my gosh, I have to process this out first. So you're naturally putting all of that fat burning on the side. We're gonna set it to the side and the liver's like, I gotta process out this alcohol. So you're naturally gonna be storing a lot more for a longer period of time there also. Um, I always think of like looking inside my liver and being like, oh my gosh. I love that. And your liver is like your garbage disposal to the body. So Absolutely. skin, it's going to be reflected in your skin. You know, we all know there are periods of time where our skin might be more dull or more, we look older or more inflamed. And so much of that has to do with our liver health and what kind of stress we're putting it under. And yeah. then when you think about that whole, going back to your life, quality of life, like I was telling Lacey, I heard a podcast recently and they were talking about alcohol and how in order to create space for better things in your life, sometimes you have to look at what's in your life and what needs to be taken away. And again, mm -hmm. we're not telling you you have to be completely dry, but just where, think of the time, the money, all the resources you're putting toward alcohol. Like if you were to take that out of your life in such a major way, what would you have time for? What, like, would you able be able to reach your health and fitness goals that you, that seem right now to be impossible? Would you be able to, I don't know, intellectually, do something, maybe there is a career that you miss that you could do part-time, that mm -hmm. like you would have more time, you would have more energy or yeah, just relationships. I mean, yeah. just having healthy friendships, you know? We all know that that's a craving as women in our hearts is to be engaged in those relationships. No, absolutely. Um, and especially for women and alcohol, it does affect us differently than men. Our cortisol levels are raised for over 24 hours after we're drinking. If we're drinking the same amount as men, we metabolize more of it and absorb more alcohol than men do. We have a higher rate of getting a alcohol-related disease than men. We just have to be really careful. And then on top of that, talking about how it affects our estrogen levels, especially if you have the 
gene or you're prone to um, breast cancer, I mean, you really just need to, this isn't about stopping drinking. It's t We're having a conversation about the amount you're drinking and the frequency in which you're drinking. If you just analyze those two things, I mean, if you just walk away from this podcast and think, okay, I'm going to think about how much I'm taking in and how often I'm doing it. Challenge yourself to like look at that and think I'm. It's okay. I'm gonna change it. And and I I would love to challenge you guys just to change it. Turn off that kind of habit. Turn off your autopilot and think okay. I'm not gonna do it today. Or I'm gonna wait ten minutes before deciding to have another drink. Um, I'm not gonna drink this weekend. Take yourself out of the routine, and I promise you something is likely to change. Absolutely. It is so much fun to watch our clients get through the two weeks that we have in the beginning and just be like, oh my gosh, I went out with my oh, girlfriends yes. and I didn't have wine. And you know what? I survived. Yes. Not because I was trying to make a moral statement, not because I was putting myself on a pedestal, but I was able to go and enjoy them and I didn't need alcohol. Does mm -hmm. that mean that they're going to always go to girls night and not get a glass of wine? Absolutely no. not. But the fact that you're able and then you're the one in the driver's seat, mm -hmm. you're making the decision mm -hmm. instead of being on autopilot, like you said. And I know one of my little things is a lot of times when I'm chopping and I'm making dinner in the kitchen, I just want to have something in my hand that's fun. And so I will, like, it's so nerdy, but I will like salt a glass. I'll add some cayenne pepper. I'll put tons of ice in it, a topo chico and a big old squirt of lime. And it's so delicious. And I realize like, like I'll give myself like that drink to figure out like, do I want to make a drink? And a lot of times that's all I really need. Yeah. Like, it's just like that, like having something, the music's on, I'm chopping vegetables, I've got a cold drink. Like it doesn't have to be like, right. just kind of ask yourself, give yourself the space mm -hmm. to ask those questions. Yeah. So And be rebellious, like do what other people aren't doing. And I honestly think, um, I'm thinking about like our culture, particularly out here. I think there's a lot of women that would like to remove themselves from that situation and um, I've had a lot of clients be like, oh, I just don't know if I'd have any friends if I didn't drink. And I think um, I think people would follow your lead. I think you could create a safe space for people to not drink too. Because a lot of times we just do it because other people are doing it, right? Like, oh, where are you going to drink? I don't know. Are you going to have a drink? And then you both just give in. We're like, neither of you probably wanted to have the drink, but you both felt so pressured and you wanted to appease each other. We've all been there, right? So be like, I'm not going to have a drink. And it creates a safe space for someone else to be like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do it either. Um, absolutely. You're being rebellious and people are going to follow you. Absolutely. And when you are rebellious out of love and out of living your life fully, and it's totally. not about ego or trying to be better than people, it does, it is attractive and it's like contagious. It does kind of spread and it makes you think like, well, okay, I mean, wow, you're having so much fun and you're, and again, like we're not saying never unless you have conditions that require you to do that, but just, yeah, we really want to encourage you to live fully engaged and just to ask these questions. And we are so here for you on this topic. Like we would love to interact with y'all. Like, you know, our email, um, any questions you have, any ways you want to go further into this topic. Um, we would love to, this is probably another one of those that we'll probably revisit probably in the spring. I was going to say, I think we got some more to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, I definitely have, I, I could talk forever. I told Christy, I was like, Oh, I've just been so amped up about this um, and, it is, and it is, it's so out of love and it's like, oh my gosh, you just see people and you're like, I want the best for you and I don't know if alcohol is serving you in the best way possible. Absolutely. And I feel like it's such a time as this. It's like a really cool time in history that as women, we are seeing that need to band together and 
we don't have, we can't afford to be against each other. We can't afford to be like catty and we can't afford, like we're sisters. Support each other. Yeah. Want the best for each other. Celebrate each other's successes. Huge. Be in deep relationships. Be in real friendships. Like look out for each other. When your husbands are out of town, like help each other out. Have those real conversations. When your marriage is struggling or you're scared about something, like have those conversations. And I think it's just a really cool time for us to kind of buck the system and say like, out of love, out of wanting more for ourselves, like let's help each other in this area and be real. And I'm going to mention a book. It's this Australian blogger. Her name, I forget her name actually. It's called the happier hour. And I know it's kind of been like going around and we'll link it in the notes, but it's kind of funny. She's hilarious. And yes, she's maybe at a different phase of life than us, but she kind of goes on a journey to stop drinking because she has become kind of like the, you know, but of the party jokes and she's like always falling down and she kind of reevaluated her own life and um, it follows her journey and it kind of is a very self-reflective and makes you look at your own journey too. So um, it's an awesome book. Ooh, that sounds good. It is and it's super fun and funny mm-hmm. and she's great. So it's a entertaining book as well as like learning about yourself too. That's awesome. That sounds yeah. so good. Please let us know any questions, what kind of thoughts this is like stirred up for you, what your communities are like, like what y'all are talking about struggling with. Um, Cause we want to be a support for you. Get any guests on the show that would be helpful. So if there's like more areas you want to kind of, but I know we have a lot more things we want to talk about that we will. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for joining us and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks a lot. All right, bye. Bye y'all.